If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, September 26, 2017. That's Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry on inaudible Ian noises. We'll be talking about Doom and Wolfenstein 3D coming to Nintendo Switch. We're talking about Atari Box. More info has been revealed. Flog on Nintendo Switch. Uh, PUBG threatens legal action for Fortnite Battle Royale. That's kind of weird. CD Indiegogo. I like that name. And some Q&A. Ian, what's been going on? Oh, uh, not not, not a whole lot. Um, Been in uh, a shitload more pain lately, so I've actually been um, trying to uh, chomp through various TV shows and horror movies. I've been watching a lot of horror movies. Uh, I actually went and saw it, which was uh, how was it? It it it, it was what? it was good. Um, problem was is I uh, ate too much calamari. Uh, I got a ma, and it pushed out on the muscle. And the last like third of the movie, I was just in like too much pain. <laughs> yeah, you'll learn someday. Um, well, this hasn't this hasn't been a problem again until like very recently. So, anyways, it was the, the effects were good, the makeup was good. Um, I was impressed with that. The story was, you know, fairly decent. Um, and then I watched two um, horror movies, VHS and VHS two. Did you ever hear about those? No. They're anthology like horror movies, so they're like compilations of short horror movies with like a thin narrative outside of it, like, like a framework narrative. Like cat's eye. Uh, cats okay, on. yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically I watched those and they were, I don't know, whatever. I don't know why I want to see blood and guts and things when I feel like shit. Because you're a morbid person. Ian. Yeah. That's but, why. Well, it is uh, true. Whenever I feel like crap, I turn to, like, that sort of crap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> speaking of entertainment online, check out the video game years on Amazon Prime. Help out the show. Show your appreciation. And plus, you don't deal with those those nasty playlists and those, you know, clicking on and all that ad stuff. Amazon Prime's the way to go. Ian, Ian thanks you. I do, too. I do. Thanks. There's going to be conventions that Ian and I will be at. He'll be at one. I'll be at a few. I will be at Retropalooza in Arlington, Texas. And that will be October 7th and 8th at the Arlington Convention Center. Go to Retropalooza.com for more information. You're going to have completionists. Boogie2988. Mike Matei will be there. Pixel Dan. That gaming historian, my foe, um, <laughs> Andre Meadows and more. I will then be at Retro World Expo the next weekend. Uh, so that will be October uh, 14th and 15th, about. Yep. In 
Hartford, Connecticut. You're going to have uh, guests like Norm the Gaming Historian. I can't get away from him. He's like a virus. Billy and Jay, those lovable, lovable game chasers. Daniel and Carlos Piscina from Mortal Kombat. You're also going to have the Retroware folks there. Um, Leonard Herman, who I met in New Jersey. Very nice fellow. Um, oh, Leonard and, Herman's awesome. What a great guy. And more. And finally, both Ian and I will be making our miraculous return. His third one. My, like, eighth. Jesus Christ. To Portland Retro Gaming Expo. And that is the 20th and 21st in Portland, Oregon. Not Maine. Don't don't book to the wrong location. It's going to uh, be a good time. October 20th to 22nd. That's right. They had that Friday half-day thing going on there with arcades open and stuff. Go to RetroGamingExpo.com for more information there. And you're going to have lots of luminaries of the uh, retro gaming world. Howard Scott Warshaw will be there. I believe David Crane will be there. Um, you're going to have... Um, Gerard will be there, I believe. I hope I get getting this right. You're going to have Peanut Butter Gamer. Thor Ackerlin will be there. Of uh, game preservationist Steve Lynn and Frank Cifaldi. Frank Cifaldi there. will be there. David Crane. Uh, Joey Rudisen will be there. Joey will be there. Um, Ed Fries. Freeze. Ed Freeze. Game Straight One. Norm the Gaming Historian. John Hancock. Ben Heck. Um, and lots more. Gerard will be there. I think I said Chris Kohler, our pal Chris uh, Kelsey. And Metal Jesus Rocks and, and, yeah. and their whole crew will be there. We'll have a it'll be a it'll be a loving. And John Riggs and more. So check out that. That'll be a fun time. Oh, my pal Chris Tang will be there as well. Um so other than that, yeah, it's been tough tough going for multiple reasons in, in Ian and in, in my world. But it's been fine. Otherwise, you know, it's been fun, right? Keep on rocking in the free world. I got I got an update for the app coming out soon, one point four. Yeah. It'll, it'll come out. That's been smooth sailing the app for me. You know that. Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. Come on, Jerry. Don't make a fucking maniac out of me. Don't be the Scott Norwood <laughs> of the 91 Buffalo Bills. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, we, we you know, screw it. We have an announcement to make about the NES Marathon, a preeminent announcement. It is coming back for the 8th annual, and it will be in November, and we're looking at, we're targeting the weekend of November, what is that, 10th and 11th? Yeah. 11th and 12th. 12th. We are targeting that, so it's not official, official, but that's if we're going to do it, that's the only weekend we can possibly do it. And I think we're going to have some fun. We, we will. We should have fun. That's a goal in raising money for a good cause. Um, so be on the lookout for an official, official announcement in October, but start planning those days off that you like to do. You get on me, pal, i got to plan my days off. Well, and there you go. Put in, put in your time. If not, play hooky on the weekends. And we just missed out on a pretty good topic, because you know we're lazy and can't get out these videos on time. So we're too busy sucking our own penises. Uh, that that could be taking up some of the time, maybe for you. I don't know. I'm not as flexible. Even though I've been doing yoga for like ten years, but there was a Nintendo Direct that had some cool stuff like that. That that Kirby like arena fighting game actually looked pretty damn fun. Yes. Um, more details on Super Mario Odyssey. Including a bundle that we predicted that's going to sell all the sell all the bundles. That's going to sell all the systems. That's going to make all the monies. It's going to be this. That's going to yeah. And it's coming out already only a month away, end of October. Right. So, which is insane. Um, but there was a couple of sh shockers that were announced that people were like, hmm. and so, that was Doom, 
the 2016 Doom, people were like, oh, the, the 93 Doom? No, not the 93 Doom. I'm okay with that, though. It would have been cool, but I that would have been a big surprise. They, they poured it to everything. Yeah, yeah so but that would have been a big surprise. That would be no. like, oh, great Nintendo, you're <laughs> making money off a 25-year-old game. But Doom 2016 and the new Wolfenstein game, that that's not even out yet. So this, if you lump this in... I mean, we don't need to dwell on this a ton because I guess it's older news. But if you lump this in with um, the L.A. Noir announcement from Rockstar, I'll dwell. What if it, what if I want to dwell? What are you gonna do about my dwelling? <laughs> I don't know. Probably it's a little disheveled. Oh, oh okay. thanks, Ian. <laughs> oh wow, that's that, that hurts hard. Actually, does. Um. So what what what's interesting about this when you tie it into uh, L.A. Noir? Uh, from Rockstar getting um, its re-release uh, put out on Switch as well as PS4 and Xbox One. Um, and now um, Bethesda coming not only with Skyrim, Doom, and Wolfenstein 3D. Um, so, great. You're seeing this third-party support from big third-party developers. Now, okay, L.A. Noir is a remake. Uh, seven-year-old game, but a still. A remake of a seven-year-old game. You know, so it's technically newish, and it's newish enough that they're putting it on everything. Sure, I, just for sake. New of for a Nintendo console. Well, it's yeah. and it's it's new still for PS4 and Xbox One because it's a remake, and they're adding in all the extra packs and stuff, right? Remastering. Yeah. Skyrim's not new for Switch, and there's, I mean, but still, hey, it's neat that you put it. Yeah, there. I haven't played it. It's new to you, right? <laughs> um, Doom. Older game, uh, older game, fantastic fucking game, and the idea that you can take it off. It's the not go. older; it's a year old. I mean, but I'm just saying, it's it's already out. It's but it's current gen, at least. Right, we're still not, we're still not t- seeing them. I'm there's there's a light at the end of my tunnel. Here. I know I'm playing the devil's advocate, the doom advocate, the doom advocate, advocate. the hellspawn advocate, advocate doom. Um, so it's an older game or a year old. They're still not taking like that huge risk of, of developing something specifically for the Switch, but it looks nice, and it runs nice, and they're still putting the money into porting it. Um, Wolfenstein 3D, the new Colossus, is the one that is most interesting to me, because that's a current game that has not been put out on any system yet. That's Bethesda supporting Switch with an actual new game that is also coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. To me, that shows that shows more faith in the system than re-releasing games for the system. Especially if that system is already known, supposedly, for being easy to port to. Mm-hmm. So, you're taking, a, you're taking a bigger risk. Let's get it out of the way first. Yes. This is going to be about 30 frames, not 60. Oh, of course. It's a handheld system at the end of the day. So to, to, to think that it would come close, or it comes a little close, if you look at the footage, it's like, eh, graphically, that gets the job done. This yeah. isn't like, you know, this isn't like a, a, a port that, you know, you're, you're turning down from super high to, like, low when you're playing a game on the computer. Like, it's not... It's not that big a difference, especially if you're playing on a small 720p screen. You're not going to know the difference, really. Well, and when I mean when you counteract it with the fact that like you are pale norm, the gaming historian, and uh, pale not mine. <laughs> I don't know someone else, and I could sit there and land party Doom in a hotel well, room. I mean, these are, these are the benefits. These are the trade offs. That, that that's to me what people are starting to rediscover about 
handhelds not being totally dead. And they, they weren't. The 3DS has done well. But Nintendo, I think, sort of found this spot that they were probably aiming for, but maybe it took us a little while to discover. It's like, holy shit. They're, they're going to have party games of AAA titles, potentially. Or like you said, you can travel around with them, go to conventions, go on a plane with someone and play them. You can't do that with other systems. Right. You can't do that with the PC. It wasn't like until Norm and I actually did it at... Um, oh, you did it. Yeah. We, you did it well. Norm and I do. Uh, it wasn't until um, we were at a video game con and Norm and I busted out my Switch, like literally sitting at the... the I, I hear you're the, a Switch. The hotel bar um, on a Saturday night. And we just start playing all the different fighting games. And I think we're getting a little off topic, but just like talking about the, the land thing, Nintendo shook in our face all the things that we could do with the system. And no one took, but no one, but until you actually that, yeah. have it in your hand and you start doing it and you start seeing the natural way that that happens, you don't realize how cool uh, it is. Yeah. During the, I mean, the advertisements were just the, the, the 25 year old hipster parties on the rooftop playing all these handheld games. Like, but they were, but they weren't, doing, like, parties of them with multiple. It was just, okay, we're all playing Mario Kart on a single right. Switch. So it's like, okay, that's cool. This is cooler. Because this is, like you said, multiple people with their own uh, Switches playing Doom against each other. Like, potentially four people or maybe even more can can link up. That You can already do it with Splatoon. So that hasn't been... Mistaken. So before the Switch, unless you go on it, get out your Link, have your Link uh, party... Atari Lynx party with all your cables to link up and play eight-player California games hasn't been done before to this extent. Especially with games like this, like you said, you can get in other consoles, and yeah, you can play them multiplayer, but you're not playing those on the go like go like you are with the Switch. And plus, you can also play it at home. So, I'm now interested in playing Doom on the Switch more so than the PC, just for that factor. That if I'm traveling, we can play together, or someone else that, that has it potentially. That, to me, is a huge positive. That at least wasn't hitting me over the head before. I'm just surprised to see that come out. Not the fact that it's a violent game, but yeah, 30 frames. If it looks even half as good as the other consoles, did you see the gameplay? It looks yes. pretty damn good to me. It looks good enough for a handheld. 60 frames per second is great. I'm not going to lie, but I played decades of games at 30 frames yeah, per second, and as long as 30 frames per second is locked in, I'm fine with that given the nature of the Switch's hardware. I'm sure, fine. you don't think to blow up in your hand. You don't think to like, catch on fire, you know, <laughs> like a, like an IM 8-bit Super uh, Street Fighter 2 Super Nintendo cart. Um, uh, what I love, though, the fact that people were actually positive. Like, people weren't just bashing Nintendo, saying, oh, rah, rah. like, people were like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm seeing Doom run on this at 30 frames and look pretty good. Like, it was mostly positive. Well, I liked the little the little phrase going around. It was like 2016 Nintendo is doomed. 2017 Nintendo has doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I got a I got a semi viral <laughs> tweet out of it. But people saying Nintendo's doomed, and finally they're right. <laughs> but it's true. Um, but it's true. Uh, so, but that's important. Like you said, though, all of a sudden, new Colossus, brand new game coming out, and if that looks almost as good or as good as you can get on a on a on a Switch, we have a, we have a game changer. I think you might be able to. I'm not saying it's gonna happen for sure, but what if you get someone that has it on the PC and plays it on the PC, but also wants to do it on the go, carry it on the go? Maybe they now are, are a Switch customer and they weren't before. Maybe they assumed that the Switch would just be first party games and no AAA titles that were on other systems. And now, it's like, oh shit, there are some I could I could take on the go. This is a big win for Nintendo that 
we were skeptical skeptical about what was going to happen because the Wii U, the third party support was non-existent just about. But the confidence that we're seeing so far, it warms my heart because this is like, okay, this is what the Wii U should have been in terms of third party support. And obviously it never got there, but now with a portable, it's getting there. Well, and I'd like to also point out that this is... Uh, some people are like, well, yeah, you know, Wii U had some, you know, third-party support with ports early on, but not ports of this caliber. And no. like I said, once again, Sh- uh, New Colossus is not a port, but, you know, we weren't getting Doom-level caliber ports on the Wii U. We were getting... Um, Stripped-down Call of Duty games, you know, it, shit like I, that. Well, I'm talking about on the Wii U, and, 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 yeah. and we were getting, you know, ultimate editions of Batman Arkham City. And, and you know it's it's not like we were in in Ninja Gaiden Three Razor's Edge. I mean stuff that wasn't selling. You know that game wasn't even selling well on other systems. There was no demand for that to come out on the Wii U. Some of the th- this is the the one posted by Nintendo World Report TV. I have no idea what channel it is, but but like I said, all the comments are pretty positive. The high one says, "I can play Doom while my girlfriend watches her shitty ass programs." God bless Bethesda and Nintendo. You gotta be shitting me. I know it's 30 frames per second, but damn, it looks good. This is so effing impressive. If someone told me in January that I would be able to play Doom on the Switch, I would have laughed at them, but here we are today. Day one, bye. Um, get real, people. I'm a hardcore PC gamer, but even I have to admit this is looking like an excellent port for the Switch. Compared to where we were a few years ago with PS Vita Borderlands 2, wow, we've come a long way. The gap between console and handheld gaming is closing fast. Frame rate is nowhere near as important as frame pacing. A solid 30 is better than an unsteady 60. Yes, that's that's my argument right there. Is that I'd rather have a steady locked-in frame rate than something that's unstable. Good point by this person. The HD rumble must be, feel so good with those weapons. Potentially, that could be really cool. Potentially. This, like, this is... I this What's so interesting is that this is the first time I saw majority public sentiment now sort of turn the corner on the Switch. You know what would be interesting? And not just totally shit on it. I wonder if they would toss in motion control. Why not? For As aiming. an option. I'm just when, you're, when you're playing on your TV, why not? No, like um, like the oh, Splatoon shifting? type. Okay. Just because, like for aiming. Just wondering, because Vani wants to play Doom so bad, but like she's... She, well, she's getting what, better with that, but like with Splatoon, she's awesome. But she, she uh, does her aiming with the the tilting. One person, I'm like, I wonder if it could open open third person sh- or first person shooters up to people who are more comfortable with like different control well, schemes. That's my, that's going to be my issue. One person did say with the Joy-Con, it d- did not, it wasn't the best using that as like a mouse on, on the right. Um, so this probably would be something that would probably be better with the Pro Controller. Versus this, I mean, it probably plays okay, but yeah, you want the pro controller at least. I play Splatoon mostly on the handheld, and I've gotten used to using the right stick. Um, but, but it's not, it, it's, it's not, not ideal, ideal, right? Right. It's not deep enough. Um, and, yeah, it's the, the pro controller is way smoother. Or, or bring a mouse and plug it in some <laughs> switch. That'd be cool. Can you do that? Uh, you they may have a half, hack box or something. I know they make them for PS4 so that you can plug mice in. Like I said, I'm just amazed at that sentiment. And then the same, we'll just, this won't be a full topic, but the NBA 2K18 was revealed. I remember when that was announced, people were like, well, this is going to be a stripped-down version of the game, the same way the FIFA one they initially uh, announced. Uh, when you look at the comparison of the, the graphics between the... Xbox One, PS4, um, and the Switch for NBA 2K18, the graphics are not bad. It's like you can live with them. In certain instances, they look better than others, but the gameplay on the court 
Um, looks pretty good, I would say. Again, you're going to be closer to 30 frames and 60. That's that's the, yes. the big thing. But you can live with that. I think if you, if that's what you're used to, and you're again, you're accepting that it's on the Switch, which is an inferior uh, processor than the, the big oh, yeah. ones, X- Xbox One S and a PS4 Pro, I could live with that. I'm just looking at there's a, there's a great IGN comparison that is, is doing it almost you know shot for shot as close as they can get comparing it. Good enough for me. Like yeah. like I said, good enough. It's portable, right? Uh, that begs the question, though, especially for stuff like the Doom, though, um, is that I think they said like multiplayer, you have to download that option separately if you want that. So we're really going to get into the space limitations pretty quick when it comes to these bigger bigger end third party games. I think. Oh yeah, no this that, this is absolutely the the what cripples the Switch right now. They're going to have to release. An updated version. Another version that has a fucking big kid's hard drive on it. You think so? And I'm going to have to go out and buy a fucking insane-sized micro SD card. Well, you're going to have to at least probably buy like a 128-gig SD, yeah. which, which fortunately don't, doesn't cost a huge amount, but yeah, it's just that extra cost you got to put in. Yeah, but if these are going to start demanding installs the size of the installs that they want on a PS4 game, well, like, I, I mean, if NBA 2K18 wanted, what, 32 gigs? That's gonna fucking add up real quick. Sure. So maybe we'll see in a couple of years from now the the Super Switch or the. And you know. Doom is huge. I'm sure it's not gonna be as huge as the PS4 version, but Doom was a 57 gigabyte mandatory install. Mandatory. Mandatory. So you don't think that they can fit a chunk of that on on, on, the, on the chip? Oh, I'm sure they can. But like I said, that was when I I mean my copy of Doom. Was it download? It was download, but still, it was a 57, 57 gigabyte download. So I'm I, I'm actually excited for the, for this. Like I I will pick up Doom on the Switch just for so when uh, we go to conventions we could we can bother Norm and, and gang up on him and, and kill him. Oh, and also play on the Switch. Too. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> All right, Ian. You, you know Holy what? Holy shit! We we have some information on that the heralded Atari box, the return of Atari. To, to hardware. I was like, last night, I'm laying there, and I'm like, nothing is going to get me excited about this podcast tomorrow morning. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate that. I'll, well, I have fun talking with you, but I'm like, I feel like garbage. I'm flipping through, you know, our topics, and I'm like, okay, these are some basic topics, right? We got nothing real intense lined up, and then I see a tweet from someone very late at night. And it's because Atari Box News has dropped. And I read this article. Dropped? It's by someone that we were actually joking about last week. Uh, Dean Takahashi's wonderful uh, uh, Cuphead gameplay. Okay. Um, And I read this, and there was a twinkle in my heart. Because... Twinkle in your heart? I feel like this sort of thing... I feel like scumbag sellers and... These fucking bullshit consoles that you assholes keep talking about have really become our bread and butter. Well, we don't have a scumbag sell over the week this week. No, we don't. This is a potential for the future, maybe. But for but now, for, no, we're no. I'm just saying, scumbag sellers and talking about fucking consoles that are doomed to fail is like those are Nintendo's doomed to fail. Those are really our things. Okay. Um. So they're doomed. The, the Atari box. Uh, we finally have some info on. You it. still want to? You still want to put your penis on it though? Preferably uh, in a different spot where I'm going to lick it. Um, no, that's way too much money for whatever diseases I could catch for the, from this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just... mean, five bucks, cheap thrill, 50, I mean, maybe, but no. $100? Put, put your <laughs> so, penis on the wood grain? So here we get, go. Get a splinter? Ready. 
Um, so we had I talked that maybe we had thought it would be Android or something based, and then it turned out it was going to be like PC based kind of. Here's what it is: the Atari box will run Linux on an AMD chip. It will cost it. And and will cost at least two hundred and fifty dollars. Radeon graphics technology, which could be means it's built into the processor, like an all-in-one. We don't know if it's separate. You know, mm-hmm. one of those sort of deals. So here we go. Uh, this is a good thing. Um, Fergal Mac, uh, the um, general manager of the uh, in the Atari Box creator, uh, says it will launch in the spring of uh, twenty eighteen. And it will launch with a large back catalog of the publisher's classic games. The idea is to create a box that makes people feel nostalgic about the past, but is also capable of running the independent games they want to play today, like Minecraft or Terraria. Hold on. We're going to get pretty interesting with some quotes here in a minute. Are you reading, are you reading the press release from the site? Uh, no, 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 okay. no. Um, I'm, I'm reading the, uh, the Venture Beat article, which okay. has some tasty tidbits. Good old Mr. Takahashi. Um, we'll have AMD custom processor with Radeon graphics. Cutting down, as far as games go, the machine will run the kind of games that a mid-range PC can do today, but it won't run AAA games that require high-end PC performance. So it won't run triple-end games. Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> it won't run the newest games that are... It won't run uh, Bethesda's Wolfenstein right. Colossus. Um, Atari, uh, you know, uh, Atari will factor in feedback from fans, particularly on things like content, colors, oh, special me. editions, oh, early no, access, no, no, and design no, options. No, right out of the no. book of Mike Kennedy. <laughs> right out of the no. book of Mike Kennedy. <laughs> no. Not different color content. <laughs> yes. Contents, colors, special editions, early no. access, and design options. Oh, God. I didn't see that when I first read this. Oh, dude. No. no oh, I mean, just no. wait. Just wait. No. No. Here's the best. Here's, like, one of my favorite. Uh... No. Okay, here we go. Oh, don't call me. <clears throat> Mac thought of the idea for the box when he saw kids and their friends connecting laptops to TV so they can play Minecraft and other software they didn't have readily on con- readily available on consoles. So that was what he decided to make this console for. Except for the what? fact that Terraria and Minecraft are readily available on basically every fucking console. 360. That, I mean, that that an average kid might have right now. I was 360. Bl- well, let's this quote. I was blown away when a 12-year-old knew every single t- game Atari had published. That's, That's brand, brand magic. magic. We're coming in like a start with Leslie. What 12-year-old knows every single game Atari has published? No, 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 I'm no. calling Bravo Sierra on that one, sir. <laughs> yeah, me too. Do they know about Enduro? Do they? What about Gravatar? Is that Do one they know that one? They, they, know know Yars, they know Yars Revenge? Probably. Really? Yeah. Every single one. But, I mean, uh, we've attracted a lot of interest with Indiegogo. We also have a strong partnership. Um, a- AMD showed a lot of interest in supporting us. Th- this is what they said. Oh, how many do you want to buy from us? This is how many you can buy from us. Is that the interest you mean? You don't need their support to buy their processor and graphics card. Anyone can do that for their project. Right? You don't get the license to, to put that in your, your all-in-one box. Like the, This is like the same thing as a Dreamcade. AMD, right, AMD uh, processor base. It's the same shit, isn't it? I mean, I don't... It, it looks better. Yeah. It's got the Atari name behind it. 
it, it, it might license the Atari games, unlike the Dreamcade, which we still don't know if they are, are doing that. It's a very flexible product, and you won't need to spend more money if you don't want to. He said, and this is an oxymoron right here, I feel like. In some ways, you are buying some freedom. Like, what? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. B- buy more and save. In some ways, you are buying some freedom. We wanted to create a killer TV product where people can game, stream, and browse with as with, much freedom. With as much freedom as possible. <laughs> including accessing pre owned games from other content providers. Pre owned games from other content providers? What does that even mean? It means Chesnalls is speaking out of his. <laughs> Butthole. Uh, well, but, her butthole is. I don't know. Uh, we Fred also Chesney's. That's the C- Atari CEO. Uh, we also want to launch Atari Box with our community and reward our fans with exclusive early access special editions and include them as active participants in the product rollout. The last sentence of this fucking article well, is about it. exclusive early access special editions. Yeah. Okay. At least this comes from the company themselves. That's a shell of what it used to be, that they own the name and the logo. Sure. Fine. All right? I, I think, I believe that there is going to be actual wood grain on that wood version. It is actually supposed to be wood, yeah. Looks cool. Your penis will be on it. Yep. Awesome. If you ever get in contact with one and the nice ridges, it can might maybe be able to fit in. Who knows? Uh, I would like uh, the I would like the aesthetic of the old style wood burners that you used to be able to, you know, wood burning yeah. kits. Remember those? I want, I, want, I want. Not for your penis, though. No, I just want my penis wood burned into the front of every <laughs> single one. All right. Let's, let's be My real, dick's though. on it. I'm sure there might be a 12-year-old out there that really, really cares about the Atari, the old Atari name, what they stood for. There are. I've seen them in the store. I'm, I'm, they, there's, there's a surprisingly I, amount, I, amount of them, okay. but they don't know I'll every give Atari you, published I'll, I'll give you that there might be one insane 12-year-old that knows every Atari game published from the late 70s to now. Or if you include Pong, the mid-70s to now. Because damned if, 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 if I know half of them. Here's the thing, Ian. Is, is <laughs> will the Atari branding on what amounts to a mid? They even say a mid-tier PC at this point. At this point, a mid-tier. By the time it comes out, maybe lower. Does the Atari branding really matter to anyone at this point, born after the year 1982 or even 1980? I, at this point, I would love to check in with our pals on Nintendo Age and see. If well, they're it a little matters. biased. No, uh, I'd love to see if but, it matters to them. Well, to well, well sure, because I, I assume that because I'm going to guess it doesn't. If it doesn't, sorry, okay, it doesn't matter to them. The guys who grew up when they were eight, ten, twelve with can't the console speak for them, but I'm going to guess it doesn't. It doesn't matter to them, so they're out. Everyone born in the '70s is out. In '60s, they're they're gone. Now we're at the '80s. I know this isn't a big sample size. Do you care that a PC, it's a PC, a mid-level PC, is branded Atari? Do you care? I'd be more excited about a real good 5200 aftermarket controller. Oh, yeah, you're in, okay. Don't ask him. He's insane. <laughs> I don't care. <clears throat> so then, does anyone from the 90s are, is going to care about this? No. They don't know what Atari is. Anyone born from the 90s and beyond, for the most part. No. In the casual audience. Well, let me Let me say it this way. If Nintendo put out a mid-range computer that had nothing to do with Nintendo besides maybe there were some games preloaded and it cost $300 and there was a Nintendo logo on it and you could purchase the same box elsewhere, would that sell that well? Better. Better. 
Would it do gangbusters, though? Once people knew what the hell it actually was. No. No, it probably wouldn't. Because they'd be not. like, this is an underpowered PC. Right. That just has a logo on it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's where you're at. So for two, it starts at 250 goes to 300 This is going to be an Indiegogo. Was it later in the year? Early next year. When is this coming out, the Indiegogo? It says it's supposed to come out in the spring. This, of, uh, this fall's Indiegogo is going to launch in the spring of 2018. Do you think they're going to sell, uh, I don't know, a thousand of these? You want to guess that? Will this show up in stores? Will you see this at Target or Walmart or, or even GameStop? Big lots. Big lots? Just <laughs> big lots. Next to the Zatarain's microwave and bag but, rice. But will you? Will, will a $300 item make it there? Because this is competing with literally the seven or eight at games Atari systems that are coming out between $60 and like $90. So how will that even compete with those at the same time? This is... They're not... No, this isn't... It. I'm just trying to. Uh, I'm other trying to see other w- than the promise of licensed games on it, but you can get those games elsewhere. Yeah, I know. That's all. But uh, what I'm getting is that's all they've announced games wise. They have. This is looking more and more to be a weak Steam box that may come with prepackaged Atari games. Steam box. Yeah. Or you can also stream movies and Hulu and Netflix and go online like any other a uh, smart TV or phone or computer in the in the universe at this point or my ps4 or, or your ps4 yeah or your neo geo pocket color deluxe has that ability i don't know it does i had to get in references you haven't referenced it in like two months so all right ian are you interested in this at all no should we cover the indigo we'll cover the indigo oh we're definitely gonna cover it. we're gonna we're gonna uh, keep up on this it's so telling that off the bat they realize they're gonna garner more interest interest by special editions and different colored consoles before it launches. It's so telling that the guy who's throwing this out there so that there's an easy way for kids to play Minecraft and Terraria on a console doesn't realize that both those games are on every fucking console. And now it's gonna be on the Switch. So I think Terraria is already out on the Switch and Minecraft is too. All right, so there you go. There's the Atari box information we were so waiting for. And now that we have it, I don't know where else to go from there. And let's talk about Loot Crate. Loot's in the crates. crates <laughs> loot Crate's loot. <laughs> been a proud sponsor of the CU Podcast for quite a while. What is Loot Crate, Ian? It's a geek box, right? It's a box full of nerdy trinkets. Trinkets? Trinkets. 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 Trinkets and various other sundries. It's all it's all exclusive content in there. You, you get a nice T-shirt, and you get usually uh, these days. It seems like you get a cool figurine or a little uh, you know pop culture statue. Um, the stuff is uh, mo- mostly exclusive uh, or entirely. Oh, it's hundred percent now. It's hundred percent. Damn it, Ian! Now. Look at the reads. It's hundred percent exclusive now. And the next theme is mythical. Mythical. You, mythical. Like a unicorn. Could be. You hear the stories, the whispers, and creatures of creatures and beings beyond imaginations. Join us as we peer into the shadows and look into other realms for October's truly mythical collection. Get unreal items from Marvel, Ghostbusters, Stranger Things, heard it's a good show, I like the first season, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. One lucky subscriber will also win a mega crate of seriously epic proportions. You have until the 19th of October at 9pm Pacific to subscribe and receive the mythical crate. When that cutoff happens, that's it, it's over. 
Go to LootCrate.com slash Pat. Enter our code Pat, P-A-T, to save 10% on any new subscription. You get some fun fun ditties in there. And there's also, you can also get the Loot Pets. That's also available. There's also Loot Gaming out there as well. Uh, there's, that's usually a little bit more money, but you get, you get some, some high-end stuff in there as well. But it's more bang for the buck now in terms of, for me, for regular Loot Crate, because there's less items overall, but they're all exclusive. They're, you're not going to get something like, what the hell is this, and toss it at I'm, this point. I'm wondering if um, the Mega Crate... Mega Crate. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller jumps out and stakes you in the heart. Well, she's, she's tiny. She might be able to do that, one of the crates, if she can survive the, the, the post, post office. You know, On the there. tombstone. Died... Via staking, thanks, Loot Crate. Did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I never really got into it. A little bit, not much. Like not much past the first season. You know who watched all of it? No, oh. my my dad. Oh, my dad okay. and my mom watched all of that and all of Angel. My well, parents watch all well, that shit. Your parents will love the mythical Loot Crate. <laughs> go to, to LootCrate.com/slash/pat. Enter code Pat to save, and also Blue Apron. What can we say about Blue Apron? That we haven't said before? Not much. But we can <laughs> say a lot of the same stuff. Blue Apron is a meal delivery service. Uh, locally sourced Locally food sourced. Um, quality food, fresh delivery uh, less, once a week. Less than $10 per person per meal. Um, the food comes uh, individually uh, portioned. There's no waste. Um, about tw- about twenty or thirty minutes of prep time. The uh, recipes are generally divided in a way that they're good for two to three people to work on at the same time. So if sure. the family wants to come together and cook, get a zester. I, I you really need a zester you, or something you for don't. garlic. I, I'm, I have a problem with the garlic. Pat, just Pat has a problem with garlic. I just smash garlic. it and then I dice prob- it. I have a problem. Okay, get a good, get a good French rocker. Um, anyway, what was the last one you got from there? I, I haven't put it in my order yet for this month. Jeez, we. Uh, we, I, I shit, no, because we get it every week. So like they start to they start to blur in my. What head. have you eaten out of your fridge lately? I don't know. I don't. I don't eat meals. Um, no, I. Of course you do. You eat Blue Apron. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get your first three meals free with free shipping, go to blueapron.com slash cu podcast. That's blueapron.com slash cu podcast. You get three free meals of free shipping. And, and Actually, we did the chicken tacos recently. You did do the chicken tacos. I almost ordered that one, but I didn't have time with my schedule to, to, to do it. And those are always a fun one because Vani's Mexican and she's like always giving the eye to the Mexican. Side eye? The uh, side eye to the Mexican hey. dishes. They, they, no. They're not hey. like super authentic, but they taste good so good. The, the, the meatball sandwich was the meatballs are good enough. Okay, so you have the you have, have the, the you you yeah. you've got, got the meatball my angle. Me- meatball seal of approval, and that's kind of how Vani and I feel. Yeah, We're like, like, no, come on. this is you're a little skeptical, is, but it's like this is this, this is, is acceptable. Good. This is good. It's not like what Mutta used to make, but you know right. she wouldn't throw them out. She she eat it too. No, we gobbled them down. They were super tasty. So there you go. There, it's easy. You can you can choose from multiple recipes. You, if you want to forego a week, you can do that and push it back. You're not forced to. You can cancel any time. Uh, one of some examples they had soy glaze, pork, and rice. Cakes. Always get anything with rice cakes. Vegetable chili with cornmeal and cheddar drop biscuits. Why didn't I get that? I think I skipped that week. Uh, garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad and roasted purple tomatoes. I have done something similar to that, but that, that one we was really that. good. That one was really good. That one good. was really good. We did that. I, I've done I've done burgers. Um, I've done a flatbread. Uh, I've done a chicken pita. That was awesome. Oh, the chicken pitas are good. It was like a souvlaki. I, I yeah, that's what I did. I did one with that you made your own uh, macaroni salad. It was delicious. Now I'm getting hungry. 
think it was macaroni or it was a potato salad. Okay, any sort of uh, Hangry. salad. It was, it was potato. It, it was, was potato. Good. It was fantastic. Again, go to blueapron.com slash podcast and get those three free meals free with free shipping. Blue Apron, a better way, Ian. It's a better way to cook. So, interesting news came out about an NES emulator, emulator being found on the Switch. And that wasn't so surprising, I think, to a lot of people. Because, why, you know, why, why, why couldn't there be an emulator uh, on there, you know? Yeah. But th- it was NES Golf on there, which I think was interesting. And the fact that it also had built-in motion control. Yes. It, mm-hmm. Well, it, the, the screenshots show that, yeah, it looks like it has... Um, a motion control option. You can either hold it or and use the buttons, or it shows a Joy-Con tilted that shows like a swinging motion and a button press down. So this this news came from <laughs> SwitchBrew.org. They do hacking and file system analysis. Um, so they dumped the title from the file system in July, and it was called Flog, because golf, spelled, spelled backwards, is Flog. Uh, and so they booted it up, and from the boot, they were able to access it. Uh, what's interesting, though, is that they, they kind of came to a conclusion about why they think it, it was there, which I think was the most interesting uh, part of the story. Right. So on July 11th, you can access, allegedly, you can access Flog or Golf in the system, and that is to commemorate Iwata. That's a day of his, his passing. So, because he worked on the game back right. in '84, and supposedly you have to do a Joy-Con motion, possibly a golf golf swing. That that's what has been stated so far. So, if you want to access it beforehand, you'd have to, I guess, do a, a, a original boot of a Switch system and set the date to be in front of that to hit it. Otherwise, I think the Switch knows what the real date is because it connects to the servers, and you won't be able to access it. Right. So you have to do it either the first time you, you put on your Switch that you first buy, or you got to wait until next year. Probably. In order to do that. So it, it's just a cute little story um, that was found. I don't have a huge amount more to say about it. I think it'll be interesting to play it with motion controls against another player. Yeah, I think I think one of the more interesting things is what games could they do in, with motion control in a sim. I think a lot of I think what would be interesting is to see. Um, I mean, obviously they could do it with golf, but to see like um, a Wii Sports Light title almost, but use if you can some of the old like black box design games. You mean black box. Yeah, basically like a mini game thing where you're using the the black box games or the old the earlier games to do just like simple motion challenges. What about but what about now you have two Joy Cons? I don't know an awesome port of Smash TV on the NES. Now all of a sudden you have two joysticks. You can you can emulate the arcade feel perfectly then. Yeah, using using that that that'd be a cool idea. Mm -hmm. And I think that in terms of motion control, I think you might be limited overall. Um, because, I mean, how is this going to map exactly correctly to a swing? You know, like, how is it going to map the motion towards just still timing that you go forward and that's when you hit it and try to get into the two little white white lines in order to line up the shot correctly? I'm guessing that's what it's going to be. You're not actually I'm, aiming it. Well, I'm guessing you probably choose left or right, and then the amount of speed in the accelerometer determines where your bar stops. Oh, you think so? I would guess. You think they, they actually went in and changed the code a little bit more? I would have like to that. assume. Never assume, Ian. 
All right. So as, as Path the NES Punk said in 2008, golf spelled ba- backwards is flog. Did you know that, Ian? I did. You, oh, that's not as important anymore. God damn it. All right. This is a weird story. Um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is one of the most popular games that people are currently playing right now. It's huge on la- on the PC. It's currently in um, early access, which isn't stopping people from making it one of the top online played games out there. According to a cowardly YouTuber, I should have known that last time. Uh, but now I do. Um, the game was... Uh, Created by the user player known as a mod to, um, I believe the game is Arma Two, and it's 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 a battle royale uh, game mode, um, where basically uh, it's the base game is everyone for themselves, uh, maps shrink, um, you start out with, with basically nothing. And it's it's a king of the hill contest, winner takes all. Sure. Okay. And you can find you can find dilapidated vehicles to use in various types of weapons and things like that. And it's I, I've played it. It's fun. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> I mean, absolutely horrible at it. Um, but yeah, it's a great game. Um, Epic released released a game called Fortnite, uh, which I believe is like a a zombie survival game, zombie wave survival game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one I don't know a ton about. People have been calling about it. I've looked into it a little. It looks interesting, but I believe that's kind of what it is. You build up defenses and then, you know, you and like four of your friends online have to like keep the zombies at bay or something okay. like that. So kind of like a... Survival you know, mode. Yeah, it's like a survival mode game. Alright, that sounds fun. Yeah. So they decided that, you know, they had... Um, you know, they felt like their game would be ripe for that sort of... Um, that mode. That sort of mode. They felt like they could do a really good version of that mode. So they decided that they were going to release uh, a, a separate game, actually, called... Uh, Using the same engine? They're going to do a separate... Their, their engine. That's just battle... It's a battle royale mode. But it's a battle royale game. Uh, so it's, it's a hundred it's, player, uh, player versus player mode. Uh, that's what PUBG is. It's it's a hundred players. Yeah. So one map. Last player standing wins. Yeah. Um, they will offer this. SF, uh, Epic recently revealed that it will offer this aspect of the game for free to everyone starting on September 26th. So you don't need to have the Fortnite game to play this. You can no. just download this. And apparently, the entirety of Fortnite will be free to play beginning next year. Oh, really? So what it boils uh, down to is... By the way, I just like the graphic style of Fortnite. I like that it's cartoony a little bit. Yeah, I think it looks it, really I, nice. I think it looks pretty Not cool. having experience with either game, I just, I just think it looks, it looks nice. It does look nice. Aesthetically. Um, but Blue Hole, which I believe is the Korean company that is um, handling... Excuse me. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds right now. A developer. That's the developer. I hope they've gotten larger. Um has taken issue with the fact that uh, Fortnite mentioned player on uh, PUBG um, when they were describing what they wanted to do with Fortnite. They, you know, they said seeing the popularity of uh-huh. you know player knowns battlegrounds. You know, we we would like to you know dive in here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you know there are arguments about who did battle royale style games first, and this and that, and the next thing. Long story short. The whole thing's kind of idiotic. Well, what I happened? Think, they, because... put out, they put out a press release calling out Fortnite. Yeah, 
And it's ridiculous because, I, what, like I said, getting to the bottom of it, what the ridiculous but, thing here is they're trying to claim a style of gameplay. So they, so for some reason, Blue Hole decided we were going to call out Epic for rip. They think ripping off our game mode, even though legally there's no right to a game, a specific game mode. All right, you can have a clone of a game mode. You don't own that. Exactly. You're the first one to do it. Congratulations. That's cool. That's why I have a popular game. Doesn't mean you could uh, come down on other people for doing something similar. Otherwise, you wouldn't have the thousand tower defense games on on your iPhone. You wouldn't have a billion, you know, uh, platformers with power ups. Every first or third person shooter wouldn't have a zone control mode. You know, is death one game had to start with deathmatch originally, right? right? And captured a flag. Do, Do they claim? That mode for the rest of all the first-person shooters afterwards? No. That's silly. Yeah. So, and then it gets a little... This stuff is a little tricky because uh, this stuff I don't say. I, I just admit I don't exactly understand. It There's some sort of, you know, intertwining drama because... Um, PUBG uh, used uh, Unreal Engine 4, which is licensed from Epic, which is making this game, and this, that, and the next thing, and, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, but, uh, oh yeah, so, um, said Blue Hole VP and executive producer Chan, Chang Han Kim, after listening to the growing feedback from our community and reviewing the gameplay for ourselves, we are concerned that Fortnite may be replicating the experience for which PUBG is known. So, I mean, this would be like if, you know, Capcom was like, uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat, we're afraid you're replicating the experience that we're known for. Yeah, of, of Street Fighter 2. Yeah. It's like, okay, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah. It's like, it's like saying you, you can't sell another car because you're replicating the driving experience. I just think this is one of the most asinine fucking things I've ever Oh, but plus, like you said, like you said, they, they, they're, they're licensing the Epic engine. So Epic can be like, all right, fine, we're not going to give you that license anymore so you can't do a future game with our engine. I mean, it, it's, it's posturing. I don't know why th- th- this, they felt the need to do this. I don't know if it was fans telling them, hey, stick up for your game. You have a hugely successful game. You're always going to have a, some sort of clone or copycat of it. That's just the, the nature of the industry forever. Right. You know, p- uh, the earlier platformers didn't say, oh, well, we did Pitfall. That's a platformer. Super Mario Bros. You can't do that. Yeah. Because you're also jumping and, and hopping around. No. Just the, competi- the, the, the next game uh, that had power ups, you know, Midway was not the being like yeah. Pac-Man's like, oh, you did. Uh, uh, no, I've got these power pills in the corner, so. Yeah. You, uh, it's really silly because to even posture like this hinders competition between game companies, and that's what you want. You want to push your rival to okay. We came out with this this Fortnite mode with that's it's replicating this. Maybe uh, P P U is it PUBG? Is that the correct way to say it? I don't maybe, know. Maybe uh, I just call it Battlegrounds. Maybe Battlegrounds says okay, we're gonna put a, a, a mode that you don't have now. No. Now the ball's in your court, well, and, that, and that's how the industry is supposed to work. Here's the easy thing, and this is why I it's don't... Capitalism. I, it's capitalism. Well, it is. I, it is. <laughs> but I don't understand why Battlegrounds and PV, uh, in Blue Ocean, whatever, Blue, Blue Pearl, Hole. Blue Hole, Blue um, you know, are, are, instead of squabbling over this bullshit, um, realize that you have the incredibly large advantage here. 
of an insanely large player base. They did it first. That probably doesn't want to switch to a different game. Sure. Continue refining your game and just keep your game the best one that's out there and keep your player base. Yeah, because now they're they're giving free. This is a big story. They're giving free advertisement to this upcoming free game. Yeah, I would not have known about the free game. I'm like, oh, look at that game. It looks interesting and it's free. Okay, maybe I'll download that game. Two characters. I'll try it. Yeah, yeah, why not? I never had to experience the other one to try this new one out. So it, it, it's just kind of slimy all around. To do that. Because, again, the, the history of games, how many different uh, first-person or third-shooter modes can you have in a game? The last original one before this was probably, like, Assault Mode in Unreal Tournament. Like, and after that, like, you sort of run out of different modes, whether it's, uh, you know, Capture the Flag or controlling uh, different areas of a field or or doing an objective or killing each killing everyone. The only the only difference between this and a regular deathmatch mode is that you have to find your weapons right and just go after everyone at the same time. And it's, it's, and it's I mean, one death. And then there are there are like that. Like I said, there's but, def- it's one death, and the maps shrink as as the player count goes down and things like that. And save sure, spot shift. But there's but yes, been deathmatch yes, so modes before that's only one death and you're out. Oh, yeah. That's been around. Sure, you know that's happened before. So, all right, this is a this is not going to go to court. There's nothing they can go to court for. There's no trademark infringement. There's no copyright infringement. I don't think you can patent a game mode uh, at all. So, there you go. We'll see what. I mean, we'll just I guess we'll just see how good this uh, this Fortnite battle royale mode. Is. And by the way, the, the name battle royale has been around forever. So that's not. I don't know if you can patent that even. Right. It's been a wrestling term forever. It was a movie. It was, it was a, a movie that the game was based yeah. on, Battle Royale. Yeah. So it, it's just it's just silly. I think the coloring of, of the graphics of this Fortnite actually looks pretty pretty cool to me. I do too. Kind of looks a little bit Counter Strike Strike aspect, a little more realistic. I was thinking Team Fortress. Yeah, I was confused too. Uh, Team Fortress is totally different. Counter Strike was, well, yeah, was the hardcore one. But yeah, but you know what I'm saying. It has that cartoony look to it. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about racial slurs in online gaming? Sure. Do you care about that? Uh, Polygon, they've got a mixed record on this sort of stuff, but they've, <laughs> they've done an article about gamers like PewDiePie or why I don't play online. This is from Mike Scholars. At a certain point, it's just not worth it anymore. And this comes, obviously, um, in the wake of the controversy uh, of, of Felix saying a very naughty word, and then... He apologized for it. There was tons of, there was tons of uh, speculation about, you know, is this what gamers really are? Is is he does he represent gamers? Is his heart a sewage pump? Perhaps, possibly, perhaps uh, a cowardly YouTuber does an over an hour video with that phrase being the focus of that video, which I find that hysterical that someone wastes all their time doing that. But um, it, does this bode well that this gets into the news and? This is public. Where is this the face of online gaming to you? Is this is this what gamers generally are, or is this sort of still that you know we like to claim like the twelve year olds playing Xbox Live? It's just eh, it's just sort of that niche crowd, and maybe it'll always be there. You can't do anything about it. I don't know. It's an interesting question to me, uh, just because I think at least in my day, back in my day when I was playing uh, online, um, there it was usually fairly clean. Every once in a while, you have someone typing something nasty. But again, this is PC gaming like 12 years ago, 10 years ago, and further on. So maybe it's evolved, and maybe consoles is now where it's sort of uh, the place where, where the sewer lies, I guess. What's interesting in this article is that he points out, and, and rightfully so, that 
when Felix said the N word in the video, the, all the players around him didn't didn't come out and say, "Whoa, what are you doing?" Or that's too far. They just sort of laughed and giggled at it, and there's they a, let it slide. There's a base level of I, what he was. I, I can't remember his exact terminology, but to hang in online gaming, you don't have to say certain things or believe certain things, but at the very least, you have to be able to tolerate a certain level of garbage of indecency. Or bullshit without saying anything back if you want your play session to go even remotely smoothly. Um, and and it pushes a lot of people away. I mean, it's hard to find a game that has a, a really friendly community that's long-lasting. An online community. That's positive. That's positive. Most of them... Um, dissolve. It's sad because I have found a few games that I liked playing online and I really enjoyed the online player base at first but that that, that sort of element creeps in and what it does is is like reasonable people like the person who wrote this article or someone like me who just doesn't want to put up with that shit after like a stressful day we just walk away and then all of that fun crowd goes away and you're just left with this festering shithole every you're, single time. You're left time. with the toxic people that think it's okay to, to throw out racial and homophobic or slurs because they're playing a game. Because they're playing a game. And, and, and maybe their mommy and daddy won't hear me in the other room they can't say it in front of them or at school this is the time I can say it in like my bedroom. It's unfortunately why I stopped playing Overwatch. Overwatch went from extraordinarily friendly to extraordinarily toxic. Really? What, what, how, did, how did that turn? Because it just got really popular and more people came Once in Once competitive got into like its second or third season I'd say by like its third season, it got way too serious and way too toxic. Um, and like even Friday the Thirteenth, which was a super fun crowd for like the first couple of months, um, you know, started to get you know way too serious. I'm, and, and there are other games too, but I'm just saying like a lot of communities that start off fun, you find that within three months they're not fun anymore because all those people who are out there just trying to have a good time have given up on trying to find decent people to play with. I saw a, a Twitter thread, not related to this article, but someone said they went out of their way to try to be positive when they were playing. I think it was just like some sort of team deathmatch. I forget the game, whatever it was. Um, it might have been Overwatch. And they said that it went out of the way to say, oh, good game, or oh, I almost got you. You know, oh, don't worry about it. We'll get them next time. And they actually said that it sort of gradually caught on. Yeah. Where people are like, oh, it's cool to be nice, and it becomes more relaxed and fun, and you sort of don't have to worry about just lashing out at even your teammates if they screw up. Because I've played games before where you hear teammates lash out at each other because they, they didn't perform as well as they thought, or they screwed up, or something happened, and you get called, uh, you know, you know, it's quaint to be called noob nowadays. That's You wish you were just called a yeah. noob. But that's what it used to be. Like, if you were called a noob, that was insulting. Um, I do find that if you, like, try to initiate uh, that little bit of positiveness first, it does go a long way. Um, not so much with chat, but, like, if you just, like, a lot of ge- I mean, with chat, too, but with a lot of, like, uh, um, games, you know, even if you're not using the headpiece, there's, like, emoticons and things you can send. And, like, if I'm playing Hot Shots Golf and my opponent has a great shot... I start pressing the buttons to clap and cheer and make all the stupid shit happen because then you find out like after four rounds of silent golf with no interaction with this other person, you start doing that for them. Well, they start doing it for you when you make a good shot. And all of a sudden, even though there's no communication there, 
at least you get this feeling that you're not playing with a person who's a total jackass on the other side. I mean, there's a nice feeling to that. So a positive interaction with someone. Yeah. Maybe someone you don't know or maybe even disagree with could be beneficial and fruitful. Yeah. Not a disingenuous, word-twisting, intellectually dishonest over-hour video about people. <laughs> Like, I didn't that, listen to it, but oh, yeah. I didn't either. But yeah. I was just going off what I heard. But, you know, that's what you mean, though, is that when you talk to someone, you actually realize that's a human being there and not just a coward yeah. hiding behind a cartoon moniker, not even have the courage to put their real first name online. Sure. It's different. And, and that can be the same thing with online gaming. Yeah. Even though you're hiding behind an avatar, you can actually talk to the person and hear them and realize that, hey, I can, I can be positive with someone. I can reach out and touch your heart, Ian. I... Um, you know, uh, I, uh, I had something to say about people who fall back on uh, charity as an excuse for bad behavior, but I, I lost it now. Some, something about how uh, that's a really tired cliche, though. Oh, why? Did, did someone make a, a tired argument that because someone does charitable works, that means that can excuse awful behavior? Did yeah. someone make that? Some, someone oh, made that, well, for, that that age-old chestnut. Probably the most vacuous and just fucking stupid argument you can make about someone. Yeah. sure. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So we got, we got any more on this? Uh, no. All right. Let's talk about a new Marvel. Marvel venture. All right. Um... Girlfriend really loves Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. A huge fan of... I was a huge fan of um, Agent Carter when it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, loving loving the Netflix shows. You know, you, you like them as well. Defenders, Jessica yeah, Jones. I do. I lo- Iron uh, Fist. Damn, they're, yeah, those are... They're, they're tasty shows. They're tasty shows. <laughs> nom nom. Now we have, uh, coming out, Marvel's The Inhumans. Sponsored by... Marvel sponsoring the CU podcast? Woo! On the dark side of the moon, there exists a civilization unlike anything you've ever seen before. People with extraordinary powers and abilities that make them more than human. They are inhuman. Meet Black Bolt, the king. The sound of his voice can destroy a city. Medusa, the queen, whose hair is a living weapon. And Lockjaw, the giant bulldog, who teleports the royals from planet to planet. But now, treachery, in the form of Black Bolt's evil brother, Maximus threatens the royal family and their kingdom. The royals are forced to escape to their true home, Earth, where the real fight for their future will begin. Join in this epic family drama as two brothers battle to claim one throne in an action-packed eight-episode event, Marvels and Humans. The complete series begins with a special two-hour premiere Friday, September 29th at 8, 7 central on ABC. Woo! Tune in there. And Ian... Um, I thought I thought we had it. Uh, I thought we had it down pat. That you know, it, it took me a couple months, but I finally wrapped my head around that's it fruit. I yeah. finally realized that there was only fruit in that's it fruit. It took you a while. It took me a while to realize that. I think you dissected it. The, got your Sherlock cap on. Pulled out a little magnifying glass. The, we're talking real fruit, only fruit, and nothing but the fruit. So help me. And that's it, fruit bars. Mm-hmm. So I, f- I figured that was the end of the saga. I figured that was it. Oh, no, no, no. No, that's not the end of the saga. No, then they fucking slammed us with a sequel. Uh, that's it, veggie bars come, out, come about. Now, look, ladies and gentlemen, I realize that this may seem like an absolutely wacky idea, but allow us to explain to you what a that's it veggie bar is, okay? Okay. A that's it veggie bar is... Similar to a Quaker granola bar, 
I would say. In texture. In texture. But it is made out of dried black beans, crunchy, crispy, like like Rice Krispies. Mm -hmm. And then uh, generally... Tapioca, organic tapioca. Yep. And then... uh, and then um, generally another vegetable thrown Carrots in. or peas. peas. You, don't, you don't think peas would be tasty in a bar? It's actually pretty tasty. Well, if you've ever had a handful of dried wasabi peas, even just the crunchy peas. I'm moving right now. I'm moving, the, I'm moving right now. And and uh, and kale. And, and the kale one, there's there's more. We're, we're leaving out some. Kale, carrot, peas. Corn. No, that's it. Corn? I like the corn soup. So I like them all. The carrot has a really good texture to it. It's right. it, it's it's chewier. This is what I'm saying, though. <laughs> this is a hell of a lot healthier than a freaking granola bar. It is because I, it's, it's under like, 100 calories. It's like 70 calories. I think. Uh, I, I no, think, it's like 90. Is it 90? Stop talking with your mouth full, you crude animal. It's 90 calories. Some of them I think are as low as 70. But there's protein in them. There's fiber. You won't feel like you're weighed down. Like, like you remember those old chewy granola bars? Yeah. How I feel like you're going to die after you ate one of them? You don't feel like you're going to die after eating a vegetable veggie bar. So these have a touch of salt added to them. Um, that's the only non. That's the only thing that doesn't come from the vegetables and the beans that are uh, in there. Um, just a touch of sea salt. They are delicious. Non-GMO. It's, it sounds weird, but I. Organic. But just trust us. They're freaking good. I, I was skeptical. When I, when I saw the veggie bars, and I was like, all right, you, you pulled that off. That's it. Yeah. You're, you're going to throw are, some are, veggie bars at me? Are you, are you, you gonna, overstepping are your you boundaries? Are you going to press your luck now? That's it. So, all right? So, all right? Anyways, they, uh, they, they are slightly salty. There is a slight sweetness to them, too, that I think comes from the, um, the, the, the black bean flavor. Um, I, late at night, when I just want to sit around and read books or play games, I'll grab, like, two of these and put them next to me, and they make a stupidly good substitute for, like, salty or crunchy snacks. I think, I think that's a key, is that, like, the that's it fruit I see as, like, a, like in terms of, like, it's like eating fruit. It's like, okay, I want something that's a little, little lively. It's, it's like a, a sugary, natural flavor there mm-hmm. to you. It's like having, like, an apple or a pear. And then this is, like... Like a, almost like a sweet sugar snack, like in term in terms of like 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 you said, there's a little bit a little bit of organic sort of sea salt in here, right? Yeah, a little it's... salt, little sweet. Yeah, I would but... definitely put it on the more savory side. Yeah, but they're two sides of the same coin. If I want a sweet snack, I have that fruit to choose from. If I want a salty snack, I can. Yeah, this is more that. closer to the, the you know, like I said. Like this is like okay, I want something a little different. This will tie me over in between meals, mm-hmm. or this can be like a a fruity dessert. But go to, <laughs> go to that's it fruit.com, enter code CU podcast and save 10% on any uh, order uh, off that site. Uh, good for on the go. You can keep one in the car. Ian's got a fanny pack, I'm sure, somewhere. You can throw one in I there. I don't have a fucking fanny pack. Don't, don't curse during this read. <laughs> non GMO, no preservatives, no fat, gluten free, four grams of veggie protein, big flavor, um, and it's for every age, diet, on the go. Like I said, it's a healthy snack because you eat this, it's not going to weigh you down. Like you have a couple, I'm like, okay, I'm good for dinner. I, I, don't, I don't even know what I would. I, I would say, I don't know. What would you suggest if they? These people are going to be a little maybe skeptical, like we yeah. were. What would you suggest as the? Uh, go pee. What? Uh, go peas. I'm sorry. Go pee. <laughs> Choose the pee. Bu- <laughs> this was not planned. I like my favorite ones are the corn. I like the corn and I like the pea. 
versus the, versus even the the kale's not bad, but I like the corn and the pea ones. Um, I like them all, but the pea ones are great, and the kale ones I really like too. Yeah, there's whole peas in here. I don't know how they do it. I, I'm a li- but okay. Let's put it this way: this is clear how they do this versus that's it fruit still, because you can see what's going on here a little clear. <laughs> all right, all right. That's it fruit dot com slash. That's it. That's it. That's it fruit dot com. It's code CU podcast. Save ten percent any order. Thank you. That's it fruit. Uh, please don't do something else. Uh, they actually have something else that yes. we learned about. Uh, we're very, we'll very, very excited about We're very it. excited about that. Well, well, we'll get to that <laughs> later on. Ian, this is a topic that has come up that I'm surprised it took this long, but we've actually spoken about kind of a need for this. And this does fulfill a need that I would say a retro engine Sigma does not, or a Dreamcade does not, or a freaking Atari box does not. So this is the, called the CD. S-E-E-D-I. I actually like the name. Yeah. And this is a CD-based retro gaming system. So it's interesting. Um, it appears to be CD only. There's no inputs for cartridges on the actual unit. Um, it has built-in um, built-in ability to run um, CD console games for the original PlayStation the TurboGrafx CD, the Neo Geo CD, and the Sega CD. It's pretty interesting. Um, the lack of Saturn is obvious because um, it's based on emulation and not the you know right Saturn emulation still in the, in the weeds. Uh, lack of Dreamcast emulation is is surprising to me, um, but it, it is open source. So basically, you'd be putting the CDs in, and it would be running them off emulators, just like you used to be able to do on your PC with uh, uh, whatever the one really good PC PSX emulator was. And I'm not thinking Bleem, I'm thinking the other one. Okay. Um, But anyways, so that's cool. It also has um, emulators on there that will be able to play ROMs. Um, There is also an attachment in the works called the Retroad Adapter, uh, but it's only... It's Genesis and uh, I think Super no, Nintendo. No, it's it's just Genesis, it's just Genesis and then Game Boy via separate adapter, but it has support natively for Game Boy ROMs. So that's kind of odd. Um, there, so I'm not sure. I don't see the value in that yet. Um, it also looks like it has the ability to play a lot of '90s PC games. Um, yeah, this has DOSBox built in. Yeah, DOSBox uh, looks like it might also have Scum Engine. I in think. There. Yeah, I think it has all that in there, um, so, because you know that that's fine. That, that you can download those yourself. Um, it's a it's a see it's 1080p HDMI out and Wi-Fi. So why is that important? Because right now we're getting to the point where people want to play these older systems on modern TVs, and that's why you have all these new emulators, excuse me, all these systems running emulators like Retron 5, and now you have ones coming out every year. There's the new Super Nintendo one that's that's coming out. That's three different manufacturers that are putting it out, like the new the new Retro Duo ones that are HDMI. It's happening more and more, but what's being left in the dust are disc-based systems. Yes. There has been something like this before, that I know of, at least, that's, yeah. that's coming out. Um, so, I'm interested in this, because you can use your real the real media. You don't need to, you don't need to download ROMs like the picture has the guy using his, his PlayStation disc. I have a ton of uh, CD games from DOS. Throw them in there and, and hopefully without that much tinkering, you can play them. This is also DVD, which means that when you get down to it, say an awesome PS2 emulator comes down the line in a few years. Yep. Um, I'm not sure what, what that seems like, but 
maybe you'll be able to add it to this and you'll be able to play that as well. Maybe when the Dreamcast one gets gets added, all of a sudden you have an HDMI Dreamcast system there. Right. And it's perfectly legal. As long as, well, depends on if you need, have the BIOS or not. Well, that's, yeah, that's, say, that's the one key. is going to be the key there. Um, if you can get around that, eh, you, you got to download the BIOS for some emulators. And owning the BIOS, depending upon when the patent runs out, may, may not be legal depending upon what system you're talking about. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the key there. But if you look around that, you're at least using the real games. And that's what I like about it, too. So uh, if, if, if this becomes sort of the, the going forward, the trend where you have disc-based games being saved and easily, and they're more easily played in the future, because let's be honest, no one's going to want to break out the original PlayStation system 20 years from now and try to see if that still works. What if, what if they don't work by then? What if it's hard to find one that works, even if they're still cheap? The same with the Saturn. Saturn start to break down. And right. you may, if you have a, a quality Saturn emulator, great. Now you just get something like this, you throw it on there, and, and you're good to go. Again, this solves a problem that those other uh, emulation boxes do not touch, right. at, at least at this point. Yeah, so um, I, I have yeah, I have some interest in this. Um, it's about a hundred dollars if you don't want the controller. Let's see. Let's see. The the, the, the early bird was a hundred. They still have a hundred and ten one that's available. So it's like a hundred and ten dollars if you don't want their uh, controller. It has. What does it have? It has a USB. Uh, da, 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 da. Comes with a power adapter. There's a stand you can put it vertically. Um, yeah, it's not packed in with any games. I'm guessing. Yeah, it, it looks like it. It's coming legal. You know, with with legal. You'll notice that there's no Super Nintendo. Uh, ROM support mentioned. I'm guessing that's probably because they couldn't find a one that they could put on there legally or or something. Maybe it wasn't uh, properly open source to include it on something like this. Yeah. So it. I mean, just I'm sure looking, you can. I'm sure you can edit yourself if you want. Right. To. But looking at things like this, it looks like they kind of. I, I, it's nice to say, maybe for once, hopefully, have their ducks in a row. It's an open system. Yeah. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm. I'm. This could be great for. For streaming and capturing a disc-based systems in HDMI more easily, because you don't, see, you know, how many people on, on on Twitch are playing like PS One games off of the original disc? You know, this would make that a lot easier to do something like that. For example, it would be or Neo good Geo for CD. streaming too, or, or, or exactly, or 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 Turbo CD. I do think it's funny though that how how far nostalgia is advanced here when you when you. Um read like the just the first couple two sentences of background cd breathes new life into the video games that came out in the 90s on cd there is something magical about holding that jewel case in your hands paging through the manual right. taking the disc out and putting it in i mean this is let's pump the brakes a bit here that's but that is absolutely the type of fucking language that would have been used you know to pitch the very first Clone sure. NES and Super Nintendo consoles. So, so. Here, here you go. So it looks like uh, PlayStation, the BIOS file is not required but recommended. Uh, same for Turbo CD. BIOS file required. You need it for the Sega CD and Neo Geo CD. The other systems it says are ready to go. So okay. go go to the go to the dark web and find those BIOS files. They're out there. They're 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 easy to get. Legality. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I'll for, I'll forgive them for their limited edition version of their green. I, I was I'll forgive say, them. I forgive them I'll because forgive it's them. one color. It's one. It's twenty five dollars extra if you really want it, which is not exorbitant. 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 And it's a different shape. It's a di- no. Yeah, looks like it's a different shape. No. No. It's just not standing vertically. Oh, okay. It's not a different shape, but 
what I do find great about it is that fucking green color is spot on 1997-98. Oh, that's the Jungle N64 color? I, I feel like that green color is just, I for whatever reason, that, that really nails home the time period for me. But anyways, it's it's one. It's, it's fucking... It, it's So, one. it's a fixed goal, which means they're going to have to release this no matter what. Um, out of a fifty thousand dollar overall goal, so it's uh, there's a hundred, a hundred plus backers. There's still a month left, so uh, check it out. See if it's for you. Um, this is the sort of thing where I'd I'd like to see it be released before I jump in because while these guys seem to have a pedigree, if this is their first uh, big project, you know you want to be sure. But there is prototype. It looks like so. There you go. So that's positive. All right, here we go, Ian. Remember, if you want to ask a question. Uh, it's patreon.com slash CU podcast and you can leave leave your question on the CU podcast hotline. Here you go. Here's the first one from this week. Hey guys. Um, I'm a pretty big fan of the podcast and I was just wondering, Ian, are you going to be working Columbus Day weekend? Me and my family are heading out to San Diego and I thought I'd stop by the store. Thanks. Ian, are you working Columbus Day weekend? All right. Well, you just... Uh, <laughs> Very specific question, to the point. You just told me. We love it. Because I uh, just got my, my, my tentative work <laughs> schedule this, this morning. That's like, a, that's like a personal question. I guess you can use a CEO podcast hotline that's, to ask that. I mean, that's fine. Uh, I mean, shitballs. Um, <laughs> what, what is Columbus Day weekend? Don't let them down, Ian. Columbus Day 2017. Columbus Day was Monday the 9th. Uh, Are you working, Ian? Yeah, I, I will be working at the uh, Chula Vista location. Co- come out and see Ian and say hi. I, I will be there, uh, yeah, on Monday. Uh, okay, thanks for the question. <laughs> Next one. Ian's laughing and I'm laughing. There's, I'm sorry, there's a question that we're, we're not putting on because we, 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 we tried our best to understand and we couldn't. We just couldn't. Yeah. So we're gonna, we have to skip it. All right, here we go. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Deadass. This is my boss from Hurricane Irma Ravaged Central Florida. Oof. Uh, this isn't a question, just more of a thank you uh, to the folks on Pat's Discord channel, uh, oh. especially Getz, uh, Super Supreme, and Lisa. Uh, the hurricane was one of the most terrifying nights of my life, and I really appreciate uh, those three and everybody else talking to me while I still have power. On the on the Discord chat and just trying to keep me calm because it was really horrifying. So, and thank you to Pat and Ian for uh, being cool people and having those cool people gravitate towards them. All right, thanks guys. I'm glad you feel you're doing all right there. And so yeah, I have a I have a Discord uh, chat on my on my Pat Patreon my my Patreon. Um, I unfortunately don't ever go in it. I don't usually I forget about it. sometimes I, I I peek in, but it sounds like. Uh, they helped you get through the, the hurricane. Glad to hear that. Uh, ho- ho- hopefully, you're doing well. And I think that's what you and I we we like to not to, not to bring up. Uh, we're not going to keep bringing up a cowardly YouTuber, but we like to foster a certain audience that we we actually try to care about people. At least we, at least I, I think we do. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I I talk to a lot of people and, uh, on Twitter and I uh, who listen to us, and I always find. The one ones that I'm talking to who don't know other ones that I'm talking to often start talking to each other, and I don't know. As a community, I feel like that. Well, I feel like there is a listenership community 
uh, for this podcast that is very friendly and very supportive of everyone and each other. More so than the typical YouTube community. Like, I will say that. Right. And a little bit more open in discussion and not just throwing out garbage. Sure. Because they believe there's some like huge culture war they constantly have to fight for. Right. You know. So I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Uh, I'll, I'll, I promise, guys, I'll, I'll be in that Discord chat uh, soon. I, I, I should just put on auto, you know, auto uh, log on when I put my computer on, so I'm in there. But I'm glad to hear you're doing well. All right. Next question. Hey Pat. Hey Ian. This is Mitch calling from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. My question is, if you could make a game for the NES based on a movie or TV show from the 80s or 90s that doesn't already exist and have it be good, what would it be? Bloodsport. Anyway, love the podcast, you guys. Keep up the great work. Don't answer before the question's over, <laughs> Sorry. I just, I mean, that's just the answer. That's just the answer. But, any okay, NES game, though. Could Bloodsport support it? It would, it would look like, well, there is a Kumite mode in Best of the Best I on NES. I was just going to say Best of the Best proves that it could have worked. Could have been done. Could have been done. We want to have a bigger sprites, bigger pecs for for Bolo Young in there, and, and for Chong Lee. Yeah, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta I mean, stick with that a little bit. The yeah. sumo guy. Did you read the script I sent you yet? The original script? No, I'm saving it for a day. You had a lot of days you could have read it, and also the, the oral you history of Predator. Could, you know who could do the blood sport game? I bet, or at least the graphics. Oh. We should talk to uh, Andrew Raitano. I bet you. Super Russian Roulette. Oh, oh. Roulette? Roulette. <laughs> I bet you he could get the extra package working. Can you get in there? I think he could He could work. God damn it, Pat. <laughs> Fuck it, eh? Well, one last question. Uh, and thanks. Thanks for the... What was his name? Mitch. Thanks, Mitch. One last question. Hi, Pat, and hi, Ian. Hi, Karen. What are Karen. your thoughts on the impending official death of Flash? Flash? Flash has had problems, but it was a ridiculously accessible way to make games, and a number of indie games began as Flash games. Even I have been able to figure out how to make crappy Flash games. But there's really nothing comparable from HTML5 in terms of accessibility. And what's going to happen to all those great Flash games of the past when they won't be able to run anymore because there's no Flash player? There's a lot to consider. Anyway, thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, I saw an article. Thanks, Karen, um, for the question. I saw an article... Saying that, yeah, the Flash is going to be discontinued support in about a couple of years right. from now. And then it'll eventually be gone for HTML5 because Flash is, is, is buggy. There's a lot of exploits. They've got to constantly update it. Every week you turn your computer and it's like, update, update Flash right. because it's just not stable uh, in the modern world. But yes, there's a ton. Go back to Newsgrounds and, and the tons of games that were on Flash. I mean, before it's where, that. it's where indie, you know, icon, iconic indie games like Super Meat Boy got their start. It's where. Um, the Behemoth got their start with stuff like uh, Alien Hominid. I mean, you know, the, I mean, real honest to goodness, game developers got their starts, you know, and, and learned their, their chops and, and things like Flash. Um, you know, the games, you know, you can right click and save Flash files, and if you download a Flash player program, I mean, They'll, it'll zip, exist. You'll exist, and you'll be able to. You'll be able to um, to work with them, and, and I'm sure that there will still be uh, people who dabble in Flash and will continue to use the last version of, version of Flash. Um, I have noticed that there hasn't been anything that's really stepped in yet. When you do um, try to look around for like HTML5 games, you you don't get anything quite 
the same and and I don't know really anything about modern programming but I would just assume it's because like Karen says it's it's not accessible so it does kind of leave this void that was always kind of fun to explore which was this little world of indie games and things like that also honestly it's like a huge source of revenue for like porn game makers so oh I really mean, like, like if you want if you want to make a, a oh um, there's tons of flash porn games so i mean they're gonna have to find a way to adapt strip strip roulette maybe or blackjack fuck off <laughs> uh, there's there's open source alternatives to dreamweaver because dreamweaver is where uh that was the, wow i remember using dreamweaver to build a website but that's where you can use flashing as well so yeah there will, i think will always be a flash software that you'll be able to, to have offline is what Ian's saying, yes. and you can just download the files. So there'll be preservation, but it looks like by two, it's been gone by 2020 from, from all browsers. So it has to start now, though. Hopefully, those big websites like Newsgrounds do it themselves and archive them, and then they can they can just say, okay, take them all, and then you can play them, you know, off offline. That's what you're going to have to probably do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right, though. Absolutely, a lot of these games, like a, a Bobo Death Match, um, the one the one that came out that oh, the Grave one came out. That's right. Uh, What's a Grave Chase? I, oh, I should have played at the beginning of the show. Anyway, yeah, they, they, these guys get their stars doing a little flash games. It's how they learn, and then that bridged the gap to indie games as we know now on Steam. Right. It's like it was like the original Steam, except most of them are free, right? Or just about They're all of them free. are free. Uh, but yeah, check out Grave Chase on Steam. Played it Comic Con. Really fun game. That's all. So yeah, with that plug aside, uh, thanks a lot for the questions. If there's ones we didn't get to, it might be because they were too wordy or too long. So please compact them up. Spit them at me and Ian, and we'll, and we'll swallow them nice and easy. Wait, what? So it's patreon.com slash podcast. Thanks for the support, guys. Thank you. All right, Q&A time on the CU Podcast. This is at Bunsen Bill NYE. Thoughts on the NFL players taking a knee during the national anthem. Uh-oh, this is sociopolitical, Ian. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting, stick to games, just like some people should stick to sports or stick to politics. Mm. Stick to whatever. They can stick to fucking their moms. <laughs> um, anyway. That's not conducive for conversation. No, it's not. Um, I, I, I think my take on this is fairly well, anti-inflammatory. Well, well, you know what? Huh. This actually is connected to games because we covered this topic before because Madden last year put in commentary about Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the anthem. Right. So it kind of connected the games a little bit, even though he's out of the league right now. All right, so my thoughts on NFL players taking a knee during the anthem. I thought the original act of protest was uh, fine, and I, I thought the, the the original message was fine, which is um, a protest against uh, cop violence upon people, uh, on, on people of color. Uh, to break it down simply. Um, it gained some minor support and uh you know some other football players uh joined in with uh, Colin Kaepernick um things came to a boil when uh Trump uh said that he'd like to see one of those owners uh you know fire those sons of a bitch fire those sons of bitches and get them off the field at an Alabama rally yes at an Alabama rally Alabama man um the terminology greatly bothered me. Um, you don't have to read too far into it uh, to, to kind of get uh, a bad taste in your mouth beyond the fact that he's just weird and fucking going off on the NFL. Uh, anyway, so they, I, I think it's uh, their right to kneel 
and I'm going to clarify things. I think it's absolutely the right to kneel. Um, I know a lot of veterans. Uh, Pat and I live in San Diego. It's impossible to not know veterans and live in San Diego. Which, I, which are, by the way, which is why I think it's funny when people say we live in a liberal haven. Haven. It's like, do you know how many how many naval and marine personalities are, are in San Diego? Yeah, people think all of California is liberal, and California overall is a fairly liberal state, but San Diego is the conservative haven of... It's a pretty damn moderate. Uh, 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 our, our, well, our mayor is a Republican. It's it's the most conservative uh, city probably in San, in California. Yeah, but, but our mayor is a Republican. Yes. Anyways, I know lots of Marines. I know lots of people in the Air Force. I, I know lots of people who have served in the military, both uh, family and friends. And honestly, I, I, I none of the ones that I have known have ever said that they fought so that you had to stand during the national anthem. It was your freedom to 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 choose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have uh, also zero problems with people taking knees if they wanted to in the mass demonstration on, on Sunday um, I think it's a good thing I, I think it needs to show that uh, it was needed to show that Trump can't be as divisive as he thinks he needs to or he wants to be um, but my my larger issue with it is this is this got lost Somewhere along the way, this got mixed up and became a freedom of speech issue, and it's well, it's not necess- It's not well. It got conflated with being disrespectful to the military if if you knelt during the anthem. I don't know how that happened. No, well, it got it got conflated into that. It got conflated into freedom of speech. It completely lost sight of all of what it was originally supposed to be, which was a commentary on. Um, racial violence. inequality and yeah. police violence, well, and then it further to further muddy it up. It's a private business. Um, now it's great that the NFL stood together, but it's it's also really not a freedom of speech issue when you're working for a business. It, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of nuance to this because one of the arguments against is well, that's weird. people people are protesting, and it's on their empl- employer's uh, free time, but. Like twenty eight out of thirty two owners came out in support of people's rights yes, to do it. So exactly. then it's no longer about working in an office and doing something. That's gone. Roger Goodell put out a lukewarm yet is still a statement supporting players' rights to free speech. And the reason it became a free speech issue though is because the president basically said you shouldn't be able to do it. That's why right. it became a free speech issue. And that's why more players did it. Because now I they probably felt they had to show that this is our right to protest. Right. To have a president come out and say you should be fired from your job because you're exercising your freedom of speech is really weird. Even if there, oh, yeah. even if there's a a quote patriotic a backbone for the military behind to try to justify it, it's still strange for a, a sitting president to say you cannot peacefully protest. Because at the end of the day, if you kneel during the national anthem, who the fuck cares? It doesn't affect anything. If no. the cameras didn't show it, no one would know no. except for the few people in the stadium noticing it. And I guarantee you in past years, there are players probably still stretching or sitting on the bench uh, in past years that didn't care about the anthem going on. Yep. They just weren't focused on until they are now. It became an issue because the president forced it to be an issue. He brought it. He basically, he basically forced people, private citizens' hands, including millionaire owners, some of whom give, had given money to Trump's campaign. Yeah, including people like uh, Rex Ryan, who campaigned. Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, who campaigned, helped campaign for Trump. Even said, "I'm disgusted by this," because to them, you can say whether or not 
this was uh, for some reason this was their bridge too far but it was their bridge too far there could have been other bridges that you might have said maybe that should have been their bridge too far but at least they got to it now where it's like okay this is enough you have a sitting president saying that he has an issue with the first amendment and that you should be fired for exercising it that's fucking weird. It is, and that's not a Republican or Democratic thing. No, it's that's fucking an American weird. thing. That's like, that, I mean, that's just so, Captain America wouldn't mind if players fucking kneel during the anthem. I don't have a character you, on my shirt. Oh, you don't. Okay, but yeah, Captain America wouldn't. And yeah, like I said, I uh, I was so happy to see it go down the way it did Sunday. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I it was just. It all happened so fast, and, like, three different things got conflated into one. Yeah, really weird. And then Trump had a tweet out, all ratings were down. They were up 3% over games over the prior week. Yeah. Um, And then the pregame shows were, like, through the roof because people were wondering about this. Uh, To me, it's idiotic that you have to debate this at all, to be honest. Um, If if you don't want to stand for the anthem, you don't have to. Because this goes back to, hell, I, I saw this at a fucking Yankees game of all places. Back in, like, 2005. And that's where they do God Bless America during the seventh inning stretch. Um, And I remember a guy in front, not standing during the anthem, getting into a shouting match with someone else. Like, uh, you know, it is what it is. You're in the Bronx. Someone's going to throw down at some point at a Yankees game. But they had the argument in front of me saying, why aren't you standing? You don't love America. And he says, it's my right. I don't have to. Yeah. And it's your right. And now it's been confirmed by the NFL. And it's been confirmed by most of the owners. It's your right. That's it. It's peaceful protest. Yep. Doesn't matter what you're what you're protesting or why you're doing it. Or the, or I always said, doesn't matter if I think the efficacy of doing that could be off. It's your right to do it, and that's it. And if if, if you can't if you can't come to come to me there, it's your right to do it. I don't know what the hell we're going to agree on. on. Right. I really don't. If we can't agree on that, that's your right to do it. You can disagree, saying it's crappy to do. It's still your right to do it. It's 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 also. I think I hate this. I also find it really disrespectful when people just assume that all of these troops or people who died in wars oh, are being disrespected. That's fucking gross. Yeah. I would like to think a lot of those people did die for their country underneath the auspices of freedom. Yeah, sure. I, um, I know a person that. For this country, has probably he's 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 one of the nicest guys. He's probably killed some people for this country. And if if I asked him today, he'd be like, "I don't fucking care if you kneel." Say, yeah. what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Right. That's exactly how he would respond. And then he'd scare me talking about tale of killing someone maybe twenty five years ago. Anyway, that's all. So, um, it's not it's not a it's not a gaming topic. Very loosely connected to Madden last year, but hey, you and I can speak about whatever we want in the CU podcast. Yep, we can. We only made that loose ass tie to. Please, someone who will inevitably complain. State the gaming. No, you don't have to listen. You clicked on this. I didn't click on it. All right. Um, at Pride Butcher, why should one do business with a local game store giving 25% eBay value for trade with a 50% markup over eBay for sales? That's a loaded question, Ian. Well, I mean, you shouldn't, uh, is is the answer, the obvious answer. Um, 50% markup over eBay? That, that seems... That seems high, even for a game shop. Unless there's that a, seems a little oh, exaggerated. Let's, let's talk about a local one that's not Luna Video Games. I don't want to say the name of it. Well, yeah, I mean, they do, <laughs> okay, yeah, they do exist. It happens. Yeah, they... they that, Few that, and far between, I would probably argue. That, that place is in business. Um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, I think this is maybe a loaded question with some possibly uh, 
some possibly wrong statistics. But what I'm what I'm going to answer here is this is kind of this touches on one of the reasons I've always said in in modern times you have to be very careful about opening a business. And I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that the person who opened the person the, the the shop that you're talking about, I'm going to guess probably hasn't been around for more than 2 or 3 years. I'm going to guess they got into the business without enough stock put down the bar. That's it. <laughs> fucking cock. Um they got into it without enough stock. They didn't plan on overhead employee cost or whatever. And they are now finding themselves in the position, which is what I've talked about before, where if you are going to make a profit, you missed your opportunity, which is prior to opening. And also your time period is off, but prior, you missed your time period to get a bunch of stock so that you could start taking in trade-ins and refresh your stock. Mm-hmm. Now what you have to do is you have to go out and buy stuff at a far higher price um, than you normally would um, to keep that stock on the shelf. That person needs that stock on the shelf. If they're buying something, that they it may look like they're giving you 25% of eBay value, um, but maybe that's not always what they're doing. Maybe they're like, shit, I'm out of this, this, and this. They're going to a flea market. They're not getting a great deal. Where I'm all ending up with this is because of the price and because of how hard it is to get stock, you are going to start seeing a lot more shops that are simply charging above eBay because they have to to stay open, and that's not a good reason to do it, and that's why it's not always a great idea to get into this business. If you can only make a profit by charging more than what it's worth because you can't get the stock cheap enough, then don't do it. Just pass on that game. Or just <clears> pass on that well, pass on that business option. Well, what if you're in it and you don't have a choice? But is, isn't it isn't charging more for a, a game almost like a, a failing restaurant charging more for meals? Yes. To try to make up that that's difference? What I'm, that's what but I'm getting. But you're driving people yeah. away at the same time? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. You're doing it completely backwards. You didn't plan out your business well enough, you didn't go in with enough stock, and now because push comes to shove and you have to pay more for this stock, you feel like you have the right, I mean, I mean, it, you do, you can do whatever you want, but now you have, to, you have to charge above what it's going for and hoping that people are going to bite on the convenience aspect. Yeah, I but they're not. I mean, at, at well, some point, they're not going to. I think you can get away with a, with a, with a somewhat of a market for a common title. Yes. You, you have to admit, even probably Luna on a common title has... Might have gone above, above eBay. Oh, yeah, a, a common a common titles that That's popular. that people like, like a really... Contra or Mario Kart sixty four or Smash Brothers. Um, yeah, I mean something like that is going to, well. I was trying to think of a better example, but yes, there are games that people expect to see in our store every single time they come in, and I can't keep them in stock. Then yes, it's going to get a three dollar or a five dollar bump so that I can try to keep these in the store because they're. They're going to cycle through anyways, but I got it. And that capital can go towards buying more. Right. And I okay. pay people well for those, too. Okay. Do you remember that, that, when you traded in a... Was it you who traded in a billion Mario 3s? Billion? I like eight. It was in a billion. No, I'm just saying, but like... Pat's a reseller! Well, I traded them in, technically. I still have $50 in credit. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um... 
I think um, the, the trade in value has to be fair for your store. And, and they're doing disservice. If, if, a, if a store is not going to give you fair trade in value, let's say 50% credit, they're going to lose, at least they're going to lose my business overall if I'm what, someone's going to come back. Maybe that one off person that's just dumping their entire collection may not care. But if you're someone who's going to consistently come back, you're going to shop around. You're going to have the time to do that. Uh, so it, it behooves a, a business to give fair trade in value. Well, and it also depends. Are they? I am also rereading the wording on this. Do you actually mean trade value or cash value? Because um, trade value—that's abysmal. Cash value depends on the game. If it's nothing special, twenty-five percent of what it might be going for at cash. It depends. That's not so bad. The it's the fifty percent markup over eBay is the real killer and that's that's the sign of a business in trouble that is trying to make up for serious lost money. Yeah, the most I've ever seen in markup even at a convention for a high end game like Panzer Dragoon, I might have seen it marked up ten percent. So say if it goes for six hundred, they're asking seven hundred. Right. You know, or something like that. It's a little more over ten percent. But you know what I'm saying? That's the most I've never seen it fifty percent. I've never seen a game that should be five hundred dollars go for eight hundred dollars. Right. Never have seen that personally. But your mile mileage may vary all right and then at nj underscore gooner 32 do you think another company will be able to compete with nintendo in the handheld market uh no not not effectively um i think it would be very very hard um even nintendo is kind of I think Nintendo's almost kind of done competing with itself in the Nintendo market with this hybrid system idea. Um, the 3DS, I think, might be one of the last true dedicated handheld systems we see. Um, we'll have to see what Nintendo comes up with, but I still think things like a Switch Mini are a possibility, and these are things that could, you know, replace, you know, the 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 smaller Nintendo handhelds. Um, Sony. If they ever came out with a dedicated handheld uh, game uh, system again, I'd eat my shoe. Um, that said, I would not be surprised if it's time for some of these companies to maybe try playing follow the leader again um, with Nintendo. Uh, but could they? But could they put out something to be competitive with what Nintendo's found? Because the advantage of getting a, a, a PS4 Pro is that you want the best in graphics and it's in gameplay. True. And so with the Switch, though, the Switch has has lowered expectations. So now when you're going to get these AAA titles, the fact that you can get it on the handheld is great. Right. So for Sony to put out something that will come close to their their uh, standalone console is almost impossible. Yeah. Unless you're going to be paying like $600 for a handheld that's going to be 120 degrees in your hand. How's it going to work? Right. Yeah, I just I, I I'm trying to find a, a way in. What's this. the angle now? I, I mean, unless everyone goes, oh shit, these hybrid consoles are a good idea, but then you need better. But then people are going to complain in an overall uh, complain about an overall lack of graphical quality. Sure, because you're going to have all three have the same, same underpowered forward. hybrid. Yeah, I I don't. I really don't think anyone will compete in the handheld market again. And while the Switch is definitely as much of a handheld as it is a console, like I've always said to others, it, it, it varies. Um, like I said, I think I think Nintendo's done worrying about things that are branded specifically as handheld. I think I think Nintendo's got a, a new thing here. You sure you don't see the the Atari Lynx 2 handheld with mm-hmm. the Atari box coming out, so we have a <laughs> Atari branded handheld. I mean, I love I I do love seeing like 
new handhelds, and I'd love well, to see another handheld. I just don't think there's going to be one that would ever seriously compete. Well, you see tons of these little handheld mini PC ones that are out there now. Is there, wasn't there like, supposed to be a big mini PC one that was Kickstarter or something? That, uh, that the, the NVIDIA, I thought it was that come out? Shield or something the, was the, huge. Did that come out? Yeah. The, so, I mean, so they exist for, but not a console-specific one. No. Like, we don't see that happening, right? No. How long has the, the, the uh, Vita been dead by now? Like, four well, years? In the U.S., uh, two years. I mean, there's still games coming out for it, and there's but collect. Yeah, I it's mean, not yes, supported. Yes, not, not it's, supported. It's dead and gone. So, basically, Nintendo will be the, probably be the ones keeping it alive, because the, 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 the mobile market, dominating it, if it hasn't happened by now, it's not going to happen. I just don't see it. Right. It's always going to be sort of, okay, it's handheld markets and mobile. They're keeping the concept of mobile gaming alive, but I think the idea of dedicated portable gaming devices is probably something we're going to see go away. Oh, besides Nintendo. Well, but Nintendo's isn't a dedicated portable gaming device. It's both. Sure, but we don't know That's, what the next generation is going to. I mean, they they hit fair. on they hit on something where if if it's if they mainly don't do portable, this again, then yes, you may but see I think Nintendo portable. What they found, though, like I said, they found something here. It's just. Well, let's see where it is in two or three years if they can still have AAA titles come out that are will be acceptable versus, you know, the PS5 or the hell's out by then or the the the, the fourth iteration of the Xbox One by yeah. then. Were we three iterations in on the Xbox One already? Uh, yes, something like that. So that's will be the question. Will people be? Oh, well, it's locked down to twenty frames per second, and it looks like dog shit. But at least I can play, you know, uh, Wolfenstein Four uh, up Ian's asshole. I don't know what it's gonna be called. I don't know why I went there. <laughs> I was struggling. I'm tired. I you don't let me let me finish. You don't let me finish my that's it bar. I'm hungry. Oh, ooh, a little pee. <laughs> that's it for this CU podcast. If you want to support us, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Um please support us, appreciate it. If you want to advertise with the CU Podcast, shoot an email to cupodcast at thepunkeffect.com. You can get one of our, our, one of our goopy reads to promote your product or website or, or YouTube channel. NES Marathon's coming up in November. More official announcement coming soon on that because we're like freaking nine and a half weeks out already. Um, we also, you can find us on Stitcher and Podbean and Google Play and iTunes and wherever else. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to be at conventions next month. Retropalooza for me, and then Retro World Expo for me, and then uh, Retro Gaming Expo in Portland for both of us. And then Amazon Prime is the best place to watch a video game here. John and I, thank you. John Delia. Good old Johnny D. All right. So for Ian Ferguson. Granddaddy John D. <laughs> Funkmaster Johnny D. For Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Country. We should stick to games, but we won't. No. No, probably not. No.